What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Everything About Something, a podcast done by a single mother talking about anything and everything. Nothing is off limits. Recently, I just got out of a probably three-month relationship. Um, It didn't last very long, obviously, but it was a whirlwind of a relationship. And before that, I had been single for, oh, I want to say probably about seven, eight, nine months um, after being in a three-month relationship with my daughter's dad. And I have noticed over the past, you know, a few months that dating has changed so much. And I'm not really sure why it's so difficult, but I recently watched a TikTok that said that a lot of people that are dating now tend to hide from relationships because they are guarding themselves from being hurt again and they don't want to like put themselves out there, which creates a lot of chaos within the dating scene and that kind of thing. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about dating. In 2023, we see different types of dating, different types of relationships, situationships, cuffing seasons, and many more different types of scenarios where we would find ourselves asking, what is wrong with this new dating scene, as I have in the past? The game has changed so much that it can be hard for a lot of single people to navigate. I'd like to think that a lot of it has changed because of the dynamics of social media, technology, and the quick, easy access to other people. We thrive off of seeing what other people are doing, looking for options, and comparing our lives to others. So recently I did um, a poll on my Instagram and I asked people different types of questions. And the first question that I asked was, does social media play a role in the downfall of relationships? 100% of the voters said yes. Psychology Today says that it drives a wedge between partners because you are focusing more on your phone than you are your partner, which makes total sense. It creates feelings of low self-worth, which... This means is that you can damage your psyche by seeing unrealistic things on social media. Whether that has to do with your weight, how you look, comparing yourself to others, whether that be with looks, personality, the way that you live your life. Pew Research developed a study that said that all of social media users, 53% of them are checking up on someone that they used to be in a relationship with. In the age ranges 18 to 29, they do it the most, 70%. 30 to 49 uh, years of age, 61%, 50 to 64 years old, 41%, and 65 and older, 24%, which I was actually kind of shocked by that. I didn't think that people that were in their 60s and above really cared about what their exes were doing, but to each their own. They also asked um, how many people in those age ranges shared or discussed things about their relationship. Those that were 18 to 29 years old, 28 percent, 30 to 49 years old, 48 percent, 50 to 64, 34 percent, and 65 and above, 14 percent. It makes sense that 30 to 49 share things about their relationships only because I think either they've been in it for a really long time or they are insecure about their relationships so they feel like they have to share with everybody. This study also said four in ten partnered Americans said that they are least sometimes bothered by how much their partners spend on their cell phone. Women are twice as likely to be bothered. Most Americans think that it's unacceptable for someone to look through their partner's phone without their knowledge. 33% of social media users who are single and looking say seeing relationship posts make them feel worse about their dating life. Comparing our lives to other people's lives can be dangerous because what people portray on social media may not actually be the full picture. People can pick and choose what you see and how you perceive their life. 
And I think that it's normal for people that are single to be like, wow, that relationship is beautiful. It's perfect. You know, they're the perfect family or they have like the perfect dog family life, whatever the case may be. Um, But again, it's just something that you just really just shouldn't be comparing to, you know, you have no idea what's going on in someone's life or their relationship or whatever the case may be. The next question I asked on my Instagram was, is it okay to have a friend of the opposite sex when you are in a relationship? 86% of the people said yes, and 14% said no. Psychologists say that the healthy thing to do is understand the friendship that your partner has with the other person and give healthy boundaries. There will be insecurities around someone having slept with a friend or had a romantic connection with, but always being open and honest um, and listening to your gut is always important. The next question I asked is, does your partner have the right to go through your phone if you suspect foul play? 57% of the people said yes, 43% said no. Through studies, people have said that it is unacceptable to go through your significant other's phone, as I had mentioned earlier. If you don't feel like you can trust your partner, talk to them. Tell them that the past relationships that you've had can be a trigger for you, and if their behavior is triggering for you, say something. Next question I asked was, is the person in a relationship responsible for cheating or is it both parties at fault? And then I got a few responses. Someone said both. Another person said that the person you are dating. Another person said a person in a relationship, but the person they are cheating with, if they know the person is taken. And what this means is that if someone is in a relationship and there's someone else that knows that the person is in a relationship and they continue to have you know, either sexual contact, emotional ties, whatever the case may be, then that is, you know, obviously also cheating. They did a uh, study of people from Europe and people in America and asked, you know, if they've been tempted to cheat or if they have cheated. And they did it again between European and American women and then European men and American men. European women said that the reasons why they were tempted to cheat or have cheated. One, my partner stopped paying attention to me. Two, the other person was really hot. Three, I was having doubts about my relationship. Four, the other person was really there for me. And five, I needed to feel sexy. American women said, my partner stopped paying attention to me. The other person was really there for me. I was having doubts about my relationship. The other person was really hot and I was bored. Then American men said the other person was really hot. People were hitting on me. I was having doubts about my relationship. My partner and I weren't having sex. My partner stopped paying attention to me. Then European men said the other person was really hot. The other person was really there for me. My partner and I weren't having sex. I was bored. My partner stopped paying attention to me. Now, I must say, that I have seen so many things in the media, in my own life, in my friends' lives, where um, people are cheating and there are arrays of reasons, but I don't feel like any of these reasons are valid because if you are unhappy in a relationship, then don't be in the relationship, you know? It's a lot easier to say, oh, I'm not in it anymore and then just go do what you want instead of wasting the other person's time Um, cheating can be very easy these days, especially with apps like Snapchat, where you can quickly delete conversations or just have them disappear on their own. I mean, really any form of social media, you can hide what you're doing, but I think that there are certain ones that make it way too easy. You can betray yourself on dating apps as single, hide the fact that you have a whole family and a spouse. I cannot say this enough. 
which I just mentioned earlier. But if you don't want to be in a relationship, a relationship anymore, don't be. It's going to be easier on the other person rather than breaking their trust and their heart and creating future trauma and mistrust with other people. But where's the line? I remember I knew this guy who was in an, a quote unquote open relationship with his wife. I ended up hooking up with him and the next day I got a message from his wife on Facebook that said, I know where you live. I know he was at your house, you're a homewrecker, etc. Little did I know that both had to be involved and agreeable to whoever the person was sleeping with. That was the last time I think I ever trusted someone who said that they were in an open marriage. So how do you know when it's acceptable to be a part of those scenarios? I think for me, in that situation, it was something that a lot of people knew about in the area. Like, there was a whole city that knew that they were in an open relationship, but I guess I didn't know all their rules. So if you're going to get involved in one of those situations, make sure you ask a lot of questions, maybe meet the spouse and understand what is really going on between the two of them. And if you feel like you're being cheated on and the other person is sneaking around, just be upfront and honest about how you're feeling. If the person is very defensive when asking about other people, hides their phone from you a lot, there's a lack of intimacy, whatever may be going on, always trust your gut. And in my experience, if you suspect your partner has feelings for someone else, whether that's sexual or otherwise, always trust your gut. I cannot tell you how many times I've asked a partner if they're interested in a specific person and they say no, and then end up either dating that person or sleeping with them after we broke up. So always trust your gut. Back to the Instagram questions. The next question I asked was, what's the first thing you notice about a potential partner? 50% said personality, 50% said appearance, and then no one said common values and no one said common interests. For me personally, personality and appearance are something that I go for. However, you can be the prettiest person in the world and have no personality or have the greatest personality, but maybe not what someone is attracted to. But no matter what, always try to get to know the person before you just write them off. Sometimes your quote unquote soulmate may not be exactly your type, but they are the right person for you emotionally. Um, Then I asked about red flags that you should not ignore. A response that I got was when your partner doesn't console you when you're crying. This is a huge one because if someone invalidates your feelings and says you're crazy or get over it or you're being overdramatic, then they probably aren't the type of person you should be with. According to InStyle Magazine, article posted in 2022 by Tessa Patek, there are some red flags you shouldn't ignore. First one is love bombing, where your partner becomes very invested early on. Talking about your future, showering you with affection and declarations of love gets you to fall for them, then pull away and leave you. This is a form of toxicity and can include gaslighting and emotional abuse. The next one is an obsession with social media. This can show that you are insecure or self-absorbed. The next one is lack of communication. This is a big one, you guys. Everyone can communicate all they want, but if the other person isn't listening or fully understanding what the other party is saying or coming from, then the communication can be wasted. The next red flag is controlling or jealous behavior. Some can be common or harmless, but if they are controlling your plans, what you wear, who you're hanging out with, isolate you from your friends or family, those are huge red flags that you should definitely not ignore. Bad relationships with friends or family is the next one. Take this one with a grain of salt. Fully understand why the person may not be talking to their family or have little amounts of friends. Maybe help them navigate that. I've always been fortunate to be with people I have dated understanding why I don't have my family in my life or why I don't have a lot of friends, but never shame the person for not having a lot of friends because that may just be who they are as a person. The next red flag is extreme emotional reactions. 
uncontrollable rage, and silent treatment. I will say that I've been in a lot of relationships where the other person just shuts down, stops talking to me, you know, in an argument, things like that. Or I've been that person that's, you know, done that. That was in my 20s, though. That was when I was just not understanding of relationships and those kind of dynamics. Um, So I don't do that anymore. But check in with yourself and just know that, like, you need to communicate with the other person. You can't just shut down. Uh, next red flag, alcohol or substance abuse. Going out and having a good time is one thing, but if it truly affects your relationship, the per- the person becomes abusive. And if they make it a priority over, over you, it may be time to have a conversation. The next red flag is gaslighting. This term has become so popular in relationships and friendships and things like that. If you want to know the actual definition of it, here it is. Turning the blame on you for something they did or holding you responsible for the way they reacted to a situation. This is a form of manipulation and it's meant to leave you feeling insecure and questioning your sanity. Again, trust your gut. If someone's telling you I'm not gaslighting you, then they probably are gaslighting you. The the next red flag is blatant abusive behavior. Um, And this can just come in many forms, emotional, verbal, uh, you know, physical There are resources that can help you in those situations, and you should never feel like you have to stay. And I know it's very hard to leave those situations or those relationships because, you know, you think the person loves you and things like that, but you are strong and you can leave the relationship. Never ignore a red flag. Check in with yourself. Talk it out. Don't settle. If you feel like a red flag is not solvable, move on. Another response that I got as a red flag was boofing, which I will talk about in a few minutes because it is a doozy of a story. The next question that I asked on my Instagram is if you are sleeping with an ex, do you have a right to know if they are sleeping with someone else? The response I got was no. If you are still sleeping with an ex, I do think you have the right to know if they are sleeping with other people because you should always protect yourself from STDs, unplanned pregnancies, and ultimately heartache. And we are going to talk about some funny dating stories. I want to start off with a story from a dear friend of mine that just happened recently. Um, and this is in regards to boofing. B-O-O-F-I-N-G. Boofing. Uh, what this is, is when you consume drugs through your butthole. And so my friend met up with this guy um, for coffee among all things. And he asked her if she would put cocaine up his ass. Um, and she, you know, said no, because she had only seen this guy one other time. Um, and whilst they were on this coffee date, he did cocaine. And I was so floored by just the whole boofing thing, because I had never heard of it before. And I think it's very bold of someone to ask if you barely know them to do that for you. I mean, even if you do really know someone, I don't know if that's such a good idea, but I thought that that was funny and I wanted to share it with you guys. Here's some funny dating stories that I found from Buzzfeed online. Quote, things are pretty normal during the first half of the night and then things got weird. He sat next to me in the restaurant booth and proceeded to slide a butter knife up and down my thigh. He then went on to ask what my response would be if he told me he had five dicks. Yeah, never saw that guy again, end quote. Quote, instead of rescheduling, one guy took me 
to a funeral on the first date. Then afterwards, while eating dinner, the conversation was so awkward due to nothing in common, I couldn't even look him in the eye, end quote. Quote, an older woman I used to work with decided to set me up with her son. He asked if I'd like to come over for dinner. This is not normally something I would agree to, but I did since I knew his mom. Turned out he still lived with her. While I was planning to my exit strategy, she got up and asked, would you two like some privacy for coitus? I thanked them for a lovely meal and made it made up a lie about how I had to leave. I never felt comfortable around her at work again. End quote. Quote, I agreed to meet up with a guy I knew through mutual friends. We decided to drive around for about an hour, just talking and getting to know one another. It was going well, so we started making out. He then whispered to me, would you pee in my mouth? with a funnel. Luckily, my cousin texted me and I said I had to leave. As he got out of the car, he asked me how much I usually pee so he could buy me a funnel at the store. I blocked him as soon as he got out of my car, end quote. Quote, I had been dating this guy and was really falling for him. He said he wanted to plan everything for our Valentine's date. He loved astronomy, so he picked a spot and brought a small telescope and showed me all the constellations. I was on cloud nine. I changed into something sexy and invited him in. He got undressed, got in bed, and then told me he couldn't do this anymore. He basically got undressed to break up with me. He said I deserved a really nice Valentine's date before he did it. End quote. Quote, the guy who asked me out worked at a garage and he didn't bother to shower before our date. So he showed up covered in grease. The whole night was awful, but I eventually gave up after he said, you ever hang out in hospitals? I like to. Maybe just because I'm turned on by blood. I cannot make this shit up. End quote. Quote, not only was the guy I met up with not the person in his pictures, he told me I looked different than what he expected and offered me gas money to leave. End quote. Quote, my day picked me up and drove us to a restaurant. When he got there, when we got there, he grabbed his backpack, which I thought was strange. He then specifically requested a table next to an outlet. I soon found out that he needed his backpack an outlet for. I kid you not, he pulled out his laptop to show me a PowerPoint presentation on a pyramid scheme he wanted to recruit me for. He spent the entire day trying to recruit me, end quote. Quote, we went to the beach with a few friends. I drank a little too much and he was and was giving him a blowjob while driving. And he crashed into a tree. Later that night, I threw up all over him. My friends don't let me live this down ever. End quote. And here is my own dating story. One time I met this guy on Tinder. We hit it off during our conversations and I stupidly invited him over to my place to hang out. When he showed up, he didn't look like his picture at all, which isn't a huge deal breaker for me. But that's not what turned me away. He brought a good-sized duffel bag with him as if he was staying over. Mind you, he only lived 20 minutes away from me, so it's not like having to leave would have been a big deal. He put his stuff in my room and came and sat down on the couch with me. He put his arm around me and we started watching TV. He then put his hand on my face and moved it towards his and kissed me on the mouth. I was so uncomfortable because I wasn't prepared for that and it was our first time ever meeting face-to-face. I had done a charity event that day, so I was tired and genuinely not feeling good. So I used this to my advantage. I told him that I needed to go to the bathroom and pretended to throw up. I texted my friends and asked them, what should I do? He came and checked on me and I told him that I was really sick and I thought it would be best if he just went home. 
He didn't leave for almost half an hour and I was just waiting in the bathroom until I heard him grab his stuff and leave. I don't know why, but I just didn't feel comfortable or safe. After he left, he messaged me and said that if I wasn't interested, I should just say so. He called me a shallow bitch and no wonder I was single. Now, I know what a lot of you may be thinking, wow, that's so rude to do that to him, but I gave no inclination that I wanted him to stay over or wanted anything physical at that time. So lesson learned, always meet in a public place. I don't know about a lot of you single folks, but I find myself ending up in these situationships and mainly it's my fault because I get sucked into how they treat me and how nice it feels to be around them. But if I could give any advice, unless they're telling you that they want a relationship or it's something that you're working towards, then believe them and keep doing your own thing. Some more advice for my listeners is, men, we don't want to see your dick randomly. I'll never forget when I was actively on dating sites a few years ago, like, really active. Guys would send me pictures out of nowhere. I asked one guy what his favorite color was, and he sends me a picture of his very veiny penis. Another time I was out with friends, and there wasn't anyone I was dating or talking to. I was just out with my friends. This guy randomly asked me on Snapchat, and I didn't know who he was. I told him to send me a picture, and he did, and I still didn't know him. Some time goes by, and then he sends me another picture of his penis. I noticed it was covered in sores, and I was floored by the image. I showed everyone that I was with and I couldn't believe my eyes. I then did some research and he is a father with three daughters. Sure, seeing nudes and your penis may be nice, but only if we actually ask for it. But also, don't send nudes to people unless you know them, have met them in person, and trust them. You don't want your nudies ending up in the wrong hands. Men, also don't ask us to send a pic. It's weird, uncomfortable, and most of the time we just send pictures. We don't send pictures when asked. Just hope that we will send you one occasionally. Maybe instead ask, hey, can I have a picture of you or something cute? If you have the intention of seeing other people, be honest with all of them. Don't leave people on just because they seem like they could be the one. Ladies, I have heard from some people that if you post your OnlyFans or Snapchat, it's a turnoff for men and they will most likely swipe left. Get your coin, but also keep this in mind. Be authentic, have boundaries, say what you want from the beginning. If you aren't feeling it with someone, then say so. Don't waste their time. Don't ignore red flags. Put yourself first always and make sure that you don't have to change yourself to make another person happy or to be what you think someone else wants. Be safe. Tell friends, family, anyone you trust who you are going out with. Maybe send their picture and keep in contact with someone. It is sad that we see people ending up in scary or unsafe situations where they may end up hurt. Or even worse, dead. If you feel like the vibe is wrong, tell the other person that they may not be the right fit for you and leave. You are your best advocate and know when you don't feel good in a situation. Here are some dating app tips. If you love fishing, hunting, being outdoors, awesome. But it is often a turnoff to a potential partner. If you love your car, awesome. But if that's the only picture you have, red flag. If you have a person in your picture of the opposite sex, maybe say who that person is in your bio. For me personally, if you put your Snapchat on your profile, red flag, unless you are just on there for friends or hookups. Bios are great to have, but if you don't have one or it's short, it may turn away the other person. Just always be true and authentic and be yourself. Don't be on dating apps if you truly don't want a relationship or be completely honest about what you want and your intentions. And please, for the love of God, if you are in a relationship and are seeking other people, just break up with the person that you are in a relationship with. 
Take a leap of faith and message the other person first. It may be intimidating and awkward, but you got this. Confidence is key. There are some other things that I've noticed on dating apps as well. Um, and that would be like if you tell someone, oh, just, you know, come over and you just meet. No, there's another guy that I recently just talked to and he said, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I just put my daughter down and he's like without me. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't know you, you know, so um, and then. Just not keeping up a conversation at all or not responding. Don't be on a dating app if you don't want to meet new people or have conversations with people. It literally makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, another one would be don't talk about sex right off the bat. I mean, if that's what you're looking for, then I think that you're on the wrong apps. Um, so yeah, so just dating's hard, you guys, and just don't make it harder than it needs to be. If you have any dating stories you'd like to share or advice, you can email confessions8171 at gmail.com. You can also message the Everything About Something Facebook or Instagram. I hope I didn't offend anyone with this episode. Most of what I share is from research or just from personal experience. That's it for this episode. I may do another one down the road, but for now, I think it's safe to say that dating and relationships are hard, but they don't have to be. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. I appreciate all the support, and I'll see you on the next one.